Welcome to the White Sox Daily Podcast. My name is Ben, and my co-host, as always, is Xavier. Xavier, how are you feeling today? Doing great. Uh, the White Sox are just been winning and winning and winning. So that's winning all I can against ask for. good teams, right? I mean, yeah, they, they're not just sitting. They uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, they've been playing uh, well, and even if people say like the last few, they played the Indians, the Reds. Uh, Royals and Twins, I, they're going to get a lot of crap saying, oh, it's no big deal. They're winning against these divisional teams, uh, the last place. Now, I think they're now last place or close to last place. Twins and then Royals are in the middle of the pack who have some really solid players. Uh, but I think if you're truly going to win uh, and be a premier team, premier teams in all sports shouldn't let these division games be like just throw away. Like you yep. should be winning these at a high rate, which for a long time they would not. So it's nice to see them just put these games away. Yeah. And, and, and when I say two good teams, I mean, I think you bring up a great point. I, you know, I, obviously they're, they're not showing that in the win column Cincinnati's a 500 ball club. Um, uh, you know, the twins are having a very disappointing season. They've been pretty dreadful in the win loss column, but they've got, Quality players. I mean, yeah. they, they, <clears throat> they, they have players with a proven success uh, track record in the past. So, I mean, uh, yes, they're the, kind of an also ran right this season, but it, it's uh, like you said, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. And, mm-hmm. and I think a really a great sign of uh, 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 a young team that's focused is beating the bad the bad teams or, or beating the teams that you should beat. So often it's easy to get pumped up for those big series and um, just completely lay an egg uh, against teams that you need to beat. And, and they didn't just beat them. They swept them. And, and I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're playing sweeps in, in the game of baseball are difficult. They're really hard so to come hard. by. Two or three is what you're you're hoping to get in and to sweep back to back series like that is awesome. Yeah. And, and I do agree to an extent they are, these are professional teams. They're good. They're good players. They've had good success. And uh, this twin series, although they're, I think now like 12 and 22 or something. 12 and uh, 23. Yeah. Yeah. They, the white Sox last year, they just split with them and mm-hmm. they've, they've always struggled against. I posted uh, on my Twitter this week. In the last 20 years, the White Sox have only had a 500 record versus them in only three of those seasons and another three in which they were 500, which means 14 years of the Twins just dominating the Sox. Absolutely. Uh, And from last year to this year, uh, not much has changed in the roster. And they, although it was a 500 record last year, uh, they outscored the Sox. So it's nice to see come around this year, put that behind them. Uh, Nelson Cruz is big, bad 40 year old players who just dominates, Ageless. but yeah. the White Sox had found out how to answer to him. And it's, it's what they need to be doing in these series. Yeah, absolutely. And so to, yeah, to see them go out, take care of business, play every game to win like they did over this last week, especially, especially with, um, I mean the uphill, battle they've had due to injuries and two freak injuries one to Eloy um, who's out for the year uh this isn't the most new news but um since our last podcast Luis Roberts went down 
with the, the torn hip flexor. Uh, he's going to be out a significant amount of time, months. Who knows if he'll be back this year. Uh, have they ruled him out for the season? I So, yeah, no, they have not. Actually, they were worried. It looked like same thing. Could be uh, not showing up until the end of the season. Could not show up at all. Uh, but they said they're just like with over the last weekend. I think it was last Friday. They were going to reevaluate in eight weeks and see where he's at. Sure. They're okay. saying it's not as severe. Uh, they're going to take a look. I I want I would love to have him back. I don't necessarily want to rush him, but I exactly. the White Sox really do need uh, him his bat. Uh, not right now, but eventually. Uh, those dog days of summer could is when you need just just a little spark. You know, it, it, the the front office and or the owner of this team who takes a lot of heat from Jerry Reinsdorf for being cheap when he needs to not be cheap. Um, he neglected, or there was the choice made, whoever made that decision, not to address the 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 White Sox lack of depth, particularly in the outfield. Um, I mean, they've got those guys that are are decent plug and plays for you know defensive replacements, the occasional off day, you know, um, guys like Hamilton uh, and that, but they're not the guys you want to see running out every single day um and 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 because of that i'm I'm with you i am afraid that the team is going to be so tempted to rush back roberts when this is a guy you're hoping to pencil in in center field for a whole lot of years to come um the last thing they need to do is give this guy some kind of nagging problem that's gonna you know turn into uh you know a, a perennial issue so Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I know nothing about it. I've just seen young players rush back from one injury and that develops another injury and that develops another injury. And soon they're being accused of being, you know, made a glass when it wasn't his fault to begin with. The team rushed him back the first time, you know, that's my concern. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime someone gets like, there's been so many injuries the last two seasons and to a lot of young players, you start to wonder, like, how, tr- at least for me, and I think the players even, like, they, they I would at least lose a little trust in who's uh, training these guys. If you're seeing uh, a ton of injuries uh, within the same program, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And within the same league, because they, they put trust in those guys to make sure they're being uh, given the correct stretches, the correct workouts. Uh, correct ways to be doing things and if they're not doing things to come in and tell them this is wrong here's what you need to do and uh for him for multiple guys to get injured your two best players which sometimes you wonder if they should have been in those places like Eloy should he really be playing in the outfield with the answer is a resounding no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and things like that but also when a guy does belong in the outfield like Robert Rob- uh, Roberts yeah he's uh, fantastic you hate to see what he's what that happened right at the start of things. I think I really hope they don't rush him back. I really hope what we're seeing out of the players that we that they have been plugging in and playing. I hope that works out just because I don't see the White Sox making the move. I would love to see a move be made uh, right after Robert was like scratching that game, and then uh, that next day 
there was a Cubs game. This is something I thought was kind of funny. Oh, um, it got rained going. out, but uh-huh. they put Chris Bryant in center field on the the lineup yep. card, and everyone's like, "Oh, they're probably giving uh, the White Sox some looks so they can try <laughs> yep. to work out a trade." Yeah, uh, and I, I I would love for him to find a way to come to the South Side, but after how the first trade went down after so many seasons, I don't know if they're willing to uh, yeah, make a deal. Yeah, I think I think the Cubs are going to be a little uh, uh, going to be a little more stingy than they were the last time they made a big trade with the White Sox. Oh boy, Chris Bryant would would fit nicely on this team. Yeah, the fact same same reason he's so valuable to the Cubs beyond his obvious offensive output, which he's been great every year basically, except for last year, despite what Cubs Twitter says. Um, but it's the fact that th- his versatility, versatility def- defensively, would be a uh, a great addition to any contender. I, you know, I don't, I don't think the White Sox are, are ruling it out. Um, it, it, to me, it all comes down to how wide is a window, and uh, I, you can't make assumptions. So, if the White Sox, I mean, yes, you pointed out in our our, our pre pre uh, podcast meeting, you, you pointed out that. Uh, the White Sox are the best record in baseball. If they're still in that sort of position, maybe not the best record in baseball, maybe yes, but you know, first place, when we're getting closer to the trade deadline, you really have to, as an ownership, make make that kind of call. You can't, there's, you know, the starting pitching is one reason why the White Sox have been so successful. You With, with the health of pitchers, you can't assume that next year, they're going to be in the same kind of production, same kind of place. So, um, yeah, I hope the White Sox are willing to make the big move, whoever it might be. So I, I think we were already mentioned one of these players, but at, you know, at the end of the last podcast, we, we picked a couple of players we thought were going to be key to a resurgence. Um, to, they needed some spark. Um, you, you picked a Brayu, I picked Grandall. Let's start with you. Um, you look pretty good with your pick of a Brayu. Yeah, uh, going in, uh, April wasn't the great start that he wanted. And just the player that he is and what he's been doing for the last, his whole career since he's come to Chicago, he's always wanted to an uh, example for everyone that's on the team. So I knew at some point he was going to flip the switch and just go on a tear. Uh, the tear's continuing uh, for the last few series. I think he has well over 950 OPS. Uh, has I think he might be in even the team... Uh, leader in RBIs during that same stretch mm-hmm. uh, and just as finding ways to get on base. And he, he's been, put, I don't know what's up with him the last couple of seasons, but his glove, he, he, he has improved so much yeah. with his glove and, and at his age, you know, it's unheard of. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, even a, a couple of years ago, you were, you, you would, um, you, you, the conversation was a Brayu was a DH playing first base. Um, yeah, and his range has really picked up, uh, in so much respect for a player that has worked on that. He's clearly worked on his defensive end of the game when he clear, I mean, he's the, a superstar player that could have just said, Hey, I'm more, I'm gonna worry about my at bat and, uh, you know, give you what I can give you on defense. So, uh, I, I think that's great. Um, that's a great observation. My pick, Grandall, I, I thought he was a key player because obviously they have a lot of holes. Uh, Pre-Roberts getting hurt. have a lot of holes in their offense right now. Collins isn't exactly ripping the cover off the ball. Um, 
And, you know, I, I, I really thought, or I was hoping for, for, a, a, you know, a really solid turnaround. It wasn't quite, he hasn't quite been, uh, up to his numbers. You know, he, he's getting on base a lot. He's taking a lot of walks and, you know, following the stock Twitter, I, I, I'm so, I feel so terrible. Uh, I don't remember who shared this information. I, I've got to be better about saving that so I can give him credit, but essentially he pointed out that yes, he's getting on base. And of course that's great in modern baseball. So we're never going to complain about that. But up until a couple of days ago, his hard contact rate was incredibly low for his career averages at 34 ish years old. That's the concern is, is this drop off going to become more permanent and catcher years? I think he's more like 48. Um, but as we said that, uh, as you pointed out, he, he last couple of games, he he's hit a home run in each. So it's looking like that power is coming back, which is huge for this. Mentioned that uh, you saw a post in which there were some stats in there. Uh, you should see my phone. I, I just got an email saying my iCloud storage is uh, reaching the limits. <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly like screenshotting uh, tweets to either send someone or use later, whether yeah. it's to like jump off and research on even more or even use in such as a, our podcast or another podcast. And, and yeah, it's, I run out of space all the time and to go back to Grendel, uh, it's been a big discussion. Uh, dating back to last year was the whole, uh, Grandal McCann, Grandal has got to play. He's like a 72, I think it was $72 million. They brought him in for, yeah. But McCann is playing so well, and it worked out the back and forth last year. And unfortunately, the average isn't quite there, but the walks and home runs last season were, were still up there. And this season, he's dropped. He hasn't been hitting so much, but he's still getting on base. And McCann actually dropped off the same day that uh, this was kind of funny. Grandal hit that home run for the first time in like getting on uh, by a hit for a week yeah. he uh mccann was uh trending on twitter for being so bad on the mets or something <laughs> yeah uh, i thought the mets way overpaid for him i was uh, uh, yeah um it, yeah he and, uh, i'm sorry go ahead he, he he had a success here he he was he definitely deserved it's one of those things when you uh like a rookie doesn't get paid uh right away and then they earn that big contract those big contracts aren't so much about what they're going to do down the line a lot of it, yeah. I think, is what they already did yep, in the game. And that's that, kind of yeah. what McCann's contract is, at least to me. Uh, but spearheading, uh, not that's not the word I would want to use, but to discuss <laughs> the Grandal and how do people value what he's doing? Although he hasn't got a, he had a 0 for 10 streak or whatever, he also got on base 14 times via a walk. How do we value? a guy who you want to see drive in people who actually hasn't had a whole ton of opportunities with people on base to do so, but he's getting on base with a really good lineup for him to be driven in. Is that yeah. so wrong? And and on top of it, fans cannot forget grand dog got paid what he got paid. Honestly, at least in my opinion, my humble opinion a good chunk of that money wasn't because of what he was going to do on offense. He has the game's best framer. He rates, you know, in the top two, top three in framing, if memory serves. 
Um, he, he knows how to work a pitching staff. Uh, he is, he is a defensive genius. He is what I'm going to be mean here. He's what a lot of people think Yadier Molina is. <laughs> um, Anytime you can get that Yadi jab in there. Yeah, get that little Yadi job in there. Um, yeah. Grandall is just a, 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 a really solid defensive catcher. Um, and so I think anything he's given you on offense is already a bonus. Uh, so yeah. So I, at first, especially at first blush, when, um, a first week, I probably, I feel like I didn't make a good pick, but you know, I think he's starting to turn it around. Um, and again, I still think he is a key to the team. Yeah. In my, uh, my previews for each of the last few series, uh, I've been putting him as a, who's who's hot he's hot because he's getting on base but i'm also he's put in the who's who's not section because he's not getting hit sort of driving people in so i think it's fair to put him in both because i can't discredit what he did that last uh, few games was insane to uh in a 14 game or three game stretch to get on base i think it was 12 to 14 walks. It's uh, unbelievable for a yeah. non elite. Like I remember a stretch a handful of years ago where Bryce Harper had a, a, a crazy stretch. And a lot of it was because of the Cubs, but um, where teams were just refusing to pitch to him because he had nobody to protect him in the lineup. That's different. This is a guy. Pitchers are legitimately saying I'm going after this guy and I can't get him out. Uh, one, one, one last funny thing I like to point out about Grandall. Uh, this is totally a, a gamer nerd moment, uh, but I love how somebody pointed out on, uh, on the Twitterverse. Um, Grandall does a lot of things well, but uh, MLB The Show gave him a rating of one for speed out of 99. He's a grand total of one out of 99. I do believe he is the slowest position player and i'm, I'm just going to say this total gamer thing doesn't matter to anybody i have Grandall on one of my franchises a few years down the road as a backup and i he was thrown out at first on a hit to the outfield uh for my team and i, I i've been playing this game for years i've never seen that happen um so that one speed uh, showed up on his way to first base it was pretty funny. that reminds me of uh playing little league and there is this uh, all the time <laughs> yeah. these two kids they having to be the uh, one coach's two sons who would always hit the ball to uh, right field. And they always, unless it was like a deep shot, maybe to like left uh, right center, they were always getting thrown out at first, yep, which is yeah. always an easy out. But th- it was actually uh, White Sox Daily's Ian Eskridge who posted oh, a video yep. today uh, saying, uh, looks like he's trying to improve on that uh, one <laughs> ranking because he was hustling to get that run scored. Yeah, that's funny. Um, baseball has returned this year. Obviously, uh, fans have returned to baseball rather this year. I myself have not been able to go to a game yet, but you have. Um, what was the experience like? Uh, how, how did it feel to be back in a ballpark? Yeah, uh, it, I, I like to toss out the number. It, it's been, it was 682 games days since my last game uh felt like forever ago uh and almost forgot what it was like going to a game and for a little bit i was like this is kind of weird because it's like normal but also like not normal because there's Mm -hmm. some some new things uh now less i think towards the end of 2019 they started implementing the 
what do you call it? The netting across yeah. the oh, whole yeah. state. That's right. And now it's full time from, uh, I think most from fall pole to fall pole, it looks like I couldn't tell, yeah. uh, sometimes you barely notice it, uh, watching the game, which is good because everyone was so worried that it's gonna yeah. like lose, like how you watch the game. Uh, but it doesn't play too big of a factor. I, one thing, everything's cashless now in most stadiums. Oh. So you must use a card, which I, I, most people now, it seems there's to have some type of uh, debit or credit card that they could use. Uh, I don't know if there's any like scenarios that they can work around. I haven't looked into it. Uh, it would be interesting for cash carrying fans. And so that was a little tough, which you, there's no, uh, which the usage of bear men or nacho guys or the hot dog ladies, they, there's none of those anymore. You had oh, to go. Okay. I think different stamps offer a few different things. I know you can get things. You can go on the MLB ballpark app and you can order your food and someone could bring it down to oh, you okay. That's or cool. That's cool. you can go on the concourse and go out and get what you want. But I get, I, yeah, that makes sense. I, you know, that was usually as a play when, when, when you have those barkers going around, which it's got to be weird to be at a ballpark and not hear that because that's such a part of the sounds of the game. But yeah, that creates congestion. It creates uh, opportunities for potential spread of the virus. So it makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, I was a little thrown off because when I first got there, I paid the parking with my card and the lady took my card. So I was like, defeats the purpose like i thought you just wanted me to <laughs> insert the, the chip yeah, or swipe yeah. you're taking the card to do it so i think yeah, just giving you cash could have just given you cash <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny and one of the other things is that at least for the white Sox, they separate their stains depending on where you're sitting you go through a certain door and oh, you okay. can't walk at least this is at least for me i didn't try but it looks like you can't go past certain uh, points of entry and you have to stay in your particular areas. So you weren't breaking off and intermixing too much, sure. but moving forward uh, today, there was an announcement saying 60% capacity starting. I think it's in May 24th, uh, which allows like 24,000 fans in the stadium. I wonder how th that that's going to definitely change some of their measures cur currently because now they got to open up more seating. They got to allow, more things to be open so people could uh, get what they need. One of the other takeaways from the game that I thought was a little like why it felt normal. The last game I went to, I think, although it was a Saturday game, they weren't drawing a lot of fans. It was still below anywhere yeah, from below the mark 8,000 to a good day, maybe 20,000, but that was a good, good day. Uh, so it felt that day, I think they drew just around 10,000, just under. So it felt like a normal game, like I, I like 2019. Uh, yeah. And that's what I'm excited about moving forward. This is a team that hasn't seen the success. So fans are hungry to like be at sure. games and watch their favorite players. So I, I want, I wonder if we'll see a huge jump from 2019's numbers to 2021's numbers and attendance once it goes to a hundred percent, can they 
can they can they finally sell out a game or two? Yeah, well, they really reach out. I mean, that's a it's a big stadium, so you know, I mean, people always like to point out certain teams that are always selling out, like a Boston or something. But that's a it's a, it's a tiny ballpark, so it's much easier to, to get a sellout. Um, yeah, I, I I wonder too. I mean, you take a state like Illinois that has had a lot more restrictions in some of its surrounding mm-hmm. states. Are, are people ready to go back and say a, a state like that versus others? Um, it'll be very interesting to see how it, it works out. Um, it's it's unexpected money coming in for teams. Team, uh, I, I know Illinois teams were uh, coming into the year. It was even questionable whether they're going to have fans at the park at all. Um, and so, you know, every plus helps. I, I hope to see that. Me, I'm hoping that means some owners again, uh, winning teams are are willing to invest some of that money back into their team to improve them. You know, time will tell. Ownership in sports is not uh, not always the quickest to want to spend their money. Um, I, White Sox fans are hungry to support their team. They they had so many losing seasons that they're just ready to flip the script and just go on the tear and in turn show up to games. Uh, always spend a lot of money at a game because no matter how hard you try uh, to say, oh, I'm, I may get nothing. I may, you start to be like, oh, I'll just get a drink. I'll just get uh, maybe a souvenir soda or a beer. Uh, but now you're a little hungry. You get a hot dog and yeah. it's just like a cycle. And I think more people will will start to show up and feel like less worried about spending money because they know that the product's going to be there and they're going to have fun times going to those games. And no one likes to watch a losing team every year in a row, no matter how much they say they do. They don't. And and, and these fans don't want to spend the amount of money you have to spend on on a team that only goes a couple games over over 500. It takes more than that to get into the play. Teams want to see fans want to see playoff teams. Um, that is the era that we live in and we should live in, um, with expanded playoffs now from what it was years ago, there's a much higher chance of making the playoffs and you're expected to be there. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I think we've kind of talked things out. We were going to talk about Dylan Cease. I think we're going to have to push that off to, to the next podcast, but it was really interesting. You talked me down from the ledge last podcast. I was ready to send Dylan back to the minors or let him go to the bullpen. And uh, he's been nothing short of phenomenal since then. So it'd be fun to be able to spend some more time on him eventually, maybe next week. Yeah. Um, definitely next week. Uh, we'll definitely bring him up because he actually was the starter for uh, a game in which he wasn't the previous two starts, Dylan sees, but he still managed to uh, do some things that uh, I, I'm sure people have been talking about, but weren't what you saw out of him in previous seasons. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'll, I'll lead off. I, I like, I think we should keep this picks thing going. Um, I'm actually going to step out of the, the, the playing roster and, and, and I'm going to identify Tony, Tony LaRusa. I don't like him. Never have. It's going to take a lot to get me behind him. Um, but this team needs him to get things figured out. He needs, they, if they want to keep the momentum going, uh, we, we need to see some better decisions. One, I mean, it, it was a joke in baseball at last week's game against Cincinnati. He didn't know the extra innings rule uh, uh, when it came to pitchers that can, that have to run at second base. Um 
look, I didn't know that rule, but I'm just some dude who does a podcast. If I'm being paid an undisclosed multi-million dollar contract to know those rules, I absolutely should know those rules. I, he made some offhanded comment. He got defensive or, or at least, okay, I'm reading between the lines. It seemed like he was defensive based on, on the quote. Maybe he wasn't. Um, but he, he, you know, when asked why he didn't know that or asked about the rule, he made some offhanded comment that um, something to the effect of, well, I'm sure you guys know the rules better than I do. Uh, that should be an embarrassment for a modern franchise, uh, a, a win now franchise. Uh, I mean, to me, that's it. It's as bad as um, what, what happens when you're like middle of the road player forgets how many outs there are, throws a ball into the stands or something like that. You see him get benched that, that, that rest of that game or whatever for lack of hustle, different things like that. Uh, that was pretty egregious in my, in my opinion. Um, and I know other people saying, well, no manager knows that eh, he should have known that. Um, I, yeah, he's had some, again, it's easy to money morning quarterback, but his love affair with now Billy Hamilton, who, by the way, I really like him as a player, as a role player, but leaving him in, in situations where clearly you need to go to the bench to pinch hit for him. Um, different situations like that. He's getting in the way of their success too many times. Um, he's rusty. Maybe we'll, we'll give him that. He hasn't obviously managed since 2011, but if this success is going to continue, that's my long winded saying uh, the Sox are desperate for Tony Russo to step up his game. So that's my pick. So uh, what? how about you? What's your pick for this next week? You know, I'm going to actually pick two here. I'm going to do a pitcher and uh, a hitter, fielder. Sure. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't with, pick a player, so go for it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. Uh, our pitching's been great. Uh, C's, uh, Kopech's going to get a start this weekend against the Twins. Um, Lance Lynn, C, six, everyone else. Um, but Giolito, he's had some nice stretches in games, but hasn't really had too many over the top starts. I would love to see a, a long one out of him, maybe 10 plus Ks, a walk or less, uh, and less than three runs out of him. Because I know he's that that player, and we saw it oh, yeah. last season and a half or whatever. I love that commercial where they talk about him being like the worst starter in what was it, 2018, and then almost had a Cy Young run. Uh, that it, it gets me hyped, and I'm sure it gets him hyped as well. Yeah, when he is on, when he has got his stuff, and he is on, I, I don't. I haven't seen a pitcher in the game today that's necessarily much better than him. I mean, he's that dominant when he is on. Uh, and he hasn't, you're right. He, I don't think he's found his stride yet this season. Obviously, I'm not, as nobody should be hitting the, the panic button with him. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great pick. That's a great pick. And then for my hitter, uh, it was a toss up. I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn again. We, he's, uh, He's had success. He started off really slow, and then he's sparked off. He's hitting like 300, 800, 900 OPS. Uh, but I would like to – now he's got that first home run off his yep. chest. Uh, now I want to see him just like just tear it up like at an unheard of level uh, for just a few games, uh, hit a couple more bombs, uh, drive a bunch of runners in, and hit at that 300 level. That That's the thing that uh, they were talking about. Uh Frank Menachino, I think that's how you pronounce it. He said 
he didn't necessarily want him to be that home run hitter. He wants him to be that 300 hitter, and the home runs will come eventually. Yeah, gap to gap first, yeah. first get that 300, and everything else will come later. Which I, I, I think more people, I, I, I would love to see more power hitters down the line hit for average. Uh, Jose Bray's been able to do it for a while now. Uh, Albert Pujols in his career, his first 10 seasons just destroyed the league batting well Miguel over Cabrera. 330. Miguel Cabrera. Uh, would be nice to have a guy on the South side be that guy. Yeah, I, I, I've got to go on my soapbox here. Um, I'm not probably going to end up editing this out because I'm, I'm sure it's we're, we're over time here, but I got to go on the soapbox. Uh, the game has is gotten boring to watch. I, I love the game of baseball. I absolutely love it. But the three true outcome, launch angle, all of this stuff, this idea that a strikeout is better than grounding into a double play. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I get that. Um, the game is more exciting when you have the Tim Anderson's who are constantly putting the defense on their heels. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I think the game is better when, when the contact rate goes up, I, I the, the concern, you know, Manfred's trying to make all these changes to appeal to younger players um, and addressing just like, you know, the time limits and all of those is, is not the answer. I, we got to get, we got to get the excitement back in the game. Excitement comes from guys hitting home runs, getting singles. It's the most exciting play in baseball is a triple. At least that's what people like to say. Uh, and, and I miss that. You know, I miss the stolen bases. I miss, I miss those just gutsy things. And I, I don't think I'm alone. I think that, that the game is a, is more beautiful when guys are using their bats. Definitely. Um, anything else you, you looking to add here? No, I think, I think we've kind of covered it all for this week. Perfect. Uh, the White Sox take on Kansas City Royals. They're your first place team in the end. Uh, the AL Central, they also have the best record in Major League Baseball, which I think they're just going to continue to tack on. The White Sox fans get excited. Uh, a huge series to continue to pound the, the Central Division and put them away for at least for a while, I think. Uh, they're one of the best hitting teams, one of the best pitching teams, a team that will produce runs. And they're going to yep. do it a ton this weekend. Get excited. Thanks again from myself and Ben. Thank you for listening to the White Sox Daily Podcast.